I think it was supposed to be like an hour and a half drive and it was a full six. I We're in the middle of the night, in the dark, on a dirt road. I started putting on like the Indiana Jones, John Williams score because that just sounded like very appropriate. Like we were trying to find some ancient artifact or something because the the anxiety level was high enough that you'd think there was a lot more on the line, but it was just me having somebody lost in the middle of a, another country. Welcome to episode 21 of <laughs> I'm Trying. I'm Jacob Derwin. And I'm Janelle Dennis. Oh my gosh, we are doing this in two very different places. Where are you right now? I am across the globe as an international woman of mystery. Um, no, the opposite. I am in Canada, Montreal. That's pretty global. It's uh, like pretty close. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty, like French. Six hours away from you. So. And what are you doing in Montreal? Um, preparing for a show during Just for Laughs Festival. You are doing so it. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I'm not doing stand-up, but I'm doing something just as fun. So It's still but, super exciting. But but three times as stressful. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. All right. I believe yeah. in you, and I'm sending you positive vibes from the future, and yes. so is everybody listening. <laughs> Jacob positive vibes. That's um, a very future positive vibes. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. I, yeah. I, the reason my side of the audio sounds like a city street is because it is. Uh, mm. <laughs> I'm going to see The Lion King today in a Whoa. in like a few minutes, and uh, I didn't want to record inside the movie theater, so I am outside on uh, on Third Avenue, just like hanging out. And uh, there's a there's a really cute puppy next to me. It's pretty great. Uh, and uh, just waiting for uh, waiting to get going in there. Today's guest is uh, someone who I admire. Her name is Aubrey Bracco. She's a three-time Survivor All Star. Aubrey Bracco. I mean, she's someone I really I, I I don't really know how to put it in words. She's she represents something very honest and 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 good uh, and. Within or without the show, she's she's really just a really wonderful person. I am honored to have been able to talk to. She's someone who I was a big fan of before I. I was just about to ask that. Was it someone that you were a huge fan of? Yeah, Aubrey was one of the people who, when I was auditioning for for Survivor, I kind of referenced a lot. She was kind of one of those people who I, who I said like I kind of want to be like Aubrey if I can. Like that's that's the archetype I'm going for here. Um, And uh, I don't know. I don't think I've told her that, but she's really someone I, I. I look up to, uh, and even outside of the context of the game show, like I think it's important whenever we have someone from a game show or from a reality show on this that I I acknowledge the fact that this is not about like Survivor. This is about this person being a really wonderful, cool human being, and uh, it's really special that they would come on. All right, let's get this thing going. Let's get you uh, get you back in your zone. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy episode 21 with the amazing Aubrey Bracco. Aubrey. Okay, so I absolutely love that you're all about these vulnerable moments. I don't think we talk about them enough. Everybody's everybody's uh, not listening when other people are speaking and getting ready to rebut with their opinion on hot topics. But I think what the world needs is people being a little bit more vulnerable about the things that they're scared of, the things they're not good at. I think it could uh, behoove us all to talk about that stuff, so... 
I heard Jacob say, hey, what are things you're afraid of, not great at, something you want to talk about, what makes you human? And I thought, that's easy. It's my horrific sense of direction. (laughs) I have no sense of direction at all, whatsoever. Mm. What does that mean, like, just in terms of where you want to head? Oh, oh, no. I mean, like, well, let me preface by saying, like, I live in Los Angeles now. My oh, we're talking like GPS. <laughs> oh, like GPS. Like my whole morning was I was with a friend and we did a hike, but I'm glad I had my friend with me because I straight up need like one of those microchips that they put into dogs so that they can locate them when they're lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really bad. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's, it is that bad. We went to the, the Batman caves, the Bronson caves. It's a way to go up to the Hollywood sign. Um, mm-hmm. And I was thankful I got back because uh, I was talking to her, kind of knowing I was going to talk to you later about all of these stories I have about how bad my sense of direction is. It really is like, you know how the birds go from like Canada to Mexico for the winter, the monarch butterflies. I was obsessed with that in kindergarten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have like that internal innate. I know where I'm going. I have my north star at all times. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that someone put my north star where my like west star should be and <laughs> it's really it's really not great. It's not a good situation. No, I get it. I'm like, I mean, I literally live inside of a grid and I struggle. I like I think this is up and this is down northwest. Um I really at this point I've lived in Brooklyn for 2 years. I really should understand that when the numbers go up you're going north or east and when they're going down you're going south or west well it's it's funny you say that because i did live in new york city i'm from new hampshire originally and i have a whole theory about this because when i moved to new york i was very i worked in manhattan i lived uh kind of by carroll gardens area where are you Mm -hmm. where are you in brooklyn i live in bushwick Okay, so you're in Bushwick. I, I kind of know where that is, but not in the traditional sense of like, that's north blank of here. I'm like, that's <laughs> over there next to this. Yep. Which which brings me to my point of like, I think growing up in New Hampshire where it's like cornfields and farms and there's the ocean always safely on the east. I always mm. knew that growing up. Uh, the, uh, my brain is like my neurons, synapses, all of that are like networked to understand like landmarks of things, like mm-hmm. landmarks. And then when I moved to New York City, I lived in Brooklyn. I was like more fine in Brooklyn than I was going to work in Manhattan because there it was like a grid and a number system. Like, no, 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 I need a little bit more of like abstract art, not this like grid math system for understanding direction. I found that hard too. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I completely understand. Have you have you found yourself in a situation where your lack of internal direction completely like actually caused an issue? Oh, quite a few. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I have. have, you, like, have you... I have a list for oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I have quite oh, a little geez. list. This is like the greatest hits list. <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite is um, as you as you know we met through Survivor. Um, yeah. I I met um, one of my dear friends from the show is Malcolm, who played with me on Survivor Game Changers season 34. And we went on a vacation together in Costa Rica. And I was meeting Malcolm. He was doing this whole kind of world tour thing after we had finished the season. And I went down there to meet him for a week and then my aunt for a week. And see, I said aunt the right way. You know that as a New Yorker. 
Um, and I arrived in San Jose and we got this little car. He picked me up in this little, little white car uh, that was a stick shift. And he was like, I haven't driven a stick shift in six years. And we were driving from San Jose to Turrialba, which is this little town in the middle of the country where there was an active volcano. <laughs> the traffic getting out of San Jose was horrific. It was rush hour. And Ooh. I was the person with the GPS. <laughs> Let's just say it was not a fun ride. Oh, no. No. So between, between, between stick shift and not exactly good at figuring out where north is i mean how long were you guys going in circles oh i think it was supposed to be like an hour and a half drive and it was a full six so yeah i give the stick shift because that was like uh that was a up your game level okay here we go we're gonna do this so i we're in the middle of the night in the dark on a dirt road i started putting on like the indiana jones john williams score because that just sounded like very appropriate like we were trying to find some ancient artifact or something because the the anxiety level was high enough that you'd think there was a lot more on the line but it was just me having somebody lost in the middle of a another mm. country and it happened the next day too we went to go see that volcano and i oh. led malcolm up a cow path that was a dirt road <laughs> but oh then it became gosh. a mud road and then we had cows just mooing at us and he's like where are we going where are we going? <laughs> it was bad. And it happened one other time. We we're trying to go from there to the coast. And I'm really, like, I'm definitely more of an analogy descriptor person. And I saw on the map, I was the DJ and the, the directions person. There's like a rotary or whatever. People call them different things in different parts of the country. Mm -hmm. But I was like, it looks like a ribbon, you know, like a memorial ribbon or like a ribbon that they have for like a certain like awareness of like a disease. And he's like, what does that mean? I'm like, no, but like the, the, like the rotary looks like that. And we have to get off like at the top right part of the ribbon. And he's like, what does that mean? I'm like, <laughs> I know describing the shape of the rotary is not going to do much. Just I, I'm not good at articulating it when I'm in the seat, Jacob. I'm not good. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm right there with you. I, <laughs> but I, I don't think I've ever had to end up surrounded by cows, though. That's a whole different... Oh, my God. I didn't know that was even a thing in Costa Rica. Uh, apparently it is. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's like this beautiful part of the country where they make this cheese that is actually very well-known. Uh, it's, I think, the ash from the volcano um, affects... I don't know if it's the cow's milk or what it is, but there's, like, a huh. very specific kind of cheese. And... I mean, my Spanish is good if I've had a beer or two, but <laughs> I mean, once you get stuck in the mud and there are cows coming at you, like I'm definitely not the person you want in the seat next to you. <laughs> so that's, sorry, this isn't going to work. I just got to, I'm going to uh, just back up, just back up out of here. <laughs> yeah, wasn't great. He was not happy. And the funny thing is at the Survivor finale, I met Malcolm's dad and he's like, oh, I've heard about you. You're the one who's real <laughs> at directions <laughs> like yeah that's me but i'm a good dj i mean that's what matters right oh and oh entirely i mean well tell me what's your what was what was on your costa rica playlist do you remember any of the specific hits 
Uh, we were in a big, like, 90s mode. So I uh, was going through 90s, and my favorite memory was probably uh, playing Bitch by Meredith Brooks. And then Malcolm oh, yeah. and I were trying to translate it into Spanish as I was giving horrific directions on some road that's like, don't go off the side or you'll be dead. And we didn't know where we were. So, yeah, probably, like, 90s stuff, uh, Sugar Ray, Meredith Brooks, Nirvana, then some, like, one-hit wonders, like... Are you Jimmy Ray? I forget who that guy even was. Are you Jimmy Ray? Remember that? that Are you Jimmy Ray? Who wants to know? Who wants? Yeah, I got Uh, a deep cut. I mean, I love my '90s one-hit wonders, but that's that's even that's even a little out of my range there. Um, You were trying to translate all of "bitch" into Spanish while you were lost. Yeah, soy una puta, soy una madre, soy una. uh, so no una un santo we yeah we were having fun man oh that's awesome that's that's good uh. oh i forgot how to say sinner but i know to say saint i took italian for five years and remember very little so you're you're clear oh wait I, did I, I you I got nothing. I got no. I my mom's a Hebrew teacher. I can barely do Hebrew. I'm really like I'm I'm bad at languages. Are, so the thing for me is I took Spanish. I was a Latin American studies major in college, and the thing mm-hmm. I found hard when I took Italian in high school is I wanted to speak Italian like I would Spanish, and that's where I just like lost it. Mm. So was Italian the first language you took, or? Well, technically Hebrew is because I like started learning as a little kid, like Hebrew school after school things. But like my Hebrew programs were never like conversational. They were always just like kind of biblical Torah kind of things. So I couldn't have a conversation. I could recite every prayer in a Shabbat service by heart. I sing in Hebrew for a job. It's just you ask, you drop me. And I've been to Israel three times. You drop me in the country and tell me to like find my way through without a phone. I'm probably I mean, most people in Israel speak English, but if I had to do it in Hebrew Hebrew alone, I'd be in trouble. Oh, so you have, okay, so you have that blindness with the language like I do direction. Oh, entirely. I have blindness in both. (laughs) I was going to say, like, I'm not great at directions either. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so are you bad at directions, though, for real? Or are you just saying that to make me feel better? No, I'm really not great. I mean, I can. Okay, I'll say this. I'm a very good driver. I've only I've only been in one accident in my life, and it was like before my I even had my license. Okay. Uh, when I was like a teenager, and I've only been pulled over once in my life, and it was literally like a couple weeks ago when I was driving through Kansas and I was going like eight miles per hour oh, wow. over the speed limit on an empty road, really? and the police officer just pulled me over. I think he was just bored, honestly. Um, I'm yeah. a very good driver, and if you tell me the directions, if I have a GPS going, I can follow them. I'm I'm quick. I'm good. Um, you tell me to do it without that map, and I, suddenly the basics of like what directions mean. Like I, I'm going I'm going right on a map. I think that means I should take the east exit. I think- <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I, I second guess myself so hard, and like I usually like my instinct is right, but I I, I tend not to trust my my gut. And I uh, just end up wandering in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really do. My mom is like this too, so I feel a little bit better. And like, mm-hmm. I think the real the the moment I realized it was like an issue beyond repair was, it was I was in I grew up in New Hampshire, um, and I worked when I was about twenty five for AOL. Tried to do hyper local news, so I was the editor of an online newspaper. I started as a journalist, much like you, much like you have journalistic roots. 
Uh, so high five. Uh, raw start. Bring it back. We need it so badly. Um, but yeah. I started as a journalist for, for Patch, and my town was Salem, Massachusetts. And all the people who were starting, they were across the country, but all the people starting these local news websites who were in the Boston area uh, or in the Northeast started on the same day in Boston. And after the onboarding meeting, I'd parked my car in this parking garage in Boston and I mm -hmm. went in and I put in the card and it like took my money and then I could not find my card. It felt like that sign, could not find my car. It felt like that Seinfeld episode where they lose the car. It was straight up out of that. Oh my gosh. It was so bad and like I had to pee so badly but I'm like, no, no, I'm going to find the car. Two hours later, Jacob, I am not kidding you. Oh. I go down and like... I had gone to several people at the front. Nobody knew what the deal was. And I go and the guy was like, you're in the wrong parking garage. <laughs> I was like, but it took the card and it took my money. Are you kidding me? I'm in the wrong garage. I felt like George Costanza or Jerry or whatever one gets arrested for like publicly urinating in the parking garage in that episode. Oh. By the way, fun fact, are you a Seinfeld fan? It's a shame. I, I, a little bit. My co-host Janelle, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, is a massive Seinfeld fan. Oh, good. So she'll love this. Uh, yeah. Fun, like somewhat non sequitur, somewhat related to that episode. That episode was filmed in like one um, lane or one aisle of a parking garage. And at the end, so the premise of the episode is that like Jerry and the clan can't find their car that they park in a parking garage and the whole Seinfeld episode and anyone who's a Seinfeld fan can appreciate this is that they can't find they can't find the car the whole time and at mm -hmm. the end they can't start it when they get in but fun fact for Janelle that wasn't actually scripted uh, the part about the car not starting it just actually didn't start in real life <laughs> that's awesome yeah so I thought she'd uh, like that so that's another direction issue man direction's a problem it really is. I, I, my lap. Okay, not for two hours, but when I was in Baltimore a few weeks ago, I did park in a mall, par like parking garage, to like run in and grab something, and I just it took me far too long to find the car afterwards. Like I, I luckily I had my Bluetooth. It was one of these fancy new cars that has like a Bluetooth connection to your phone, so you can like follow it. And I was just like aimlessly following this blue dot that was like slowly shifting around in this one little area for probably half an hour, just like wandering up and down. It was it was bad. Wait, so wait, what color is your car? Is it like a bright? Like that's why I buy ridiculously bright car. Like my car is called Alien Green. It's a wow. Alien Green Kia. Like, is your car like a generic color or brightly colored? <laughs> Well, it was a rental. It was a it was a Kia Forte. It was dark. It was like a dark gray, uh, and it was it was a great car, but it definitely blends in. <laughs> yeah, it blends in. Like that's why people are always like Aubrey. Why do you pick the most aggressively bizarre color that year? I'm like, it's a red Subaru. You can see it anywhere. It's a yeah, green really. alien green Kia. Everything it's else is white, gray, or black in L. A. <laughs> At least I know I won't get lost. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't drive it and feel safe about it unless I can see it from space. It's just basic <laughs> security measures. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you're right. That's because my mom would always say if we like wore a bright jacket in public, she'll be like, at least we can see you. I'm like, I know, mm -hmm. mom. That's how I feel about my cars. It's literally, I mean, not to make it about this, but definitely how I felt on Survivor. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> like, please make it. You're welcome to. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, like in terms of my outfit, I felt, I felt like my wardrobe 
choices ended up being like I sent in a bunch of different outfits and they just picked the brightest thing from each and shoved them together <laughs> or in like bright coral coral pants and a mint green and a yellow shirt and I'm just like yeah I was I was uh neon well I mean that's like the second time I played they put me in a, a blue sweatshirt that looked like a race car checkered thing <laughs> and then like a scarf I had in my closet that was like uh, 3D hexagons in yellow with a pink trim. I'm like, who the hell wears this in their right mind? Nobody. But I guess it's and because then... they know I'd get lost because I have no sense of direction. So they wanted to make sure they could spot me as I'm like, I don't know, wandering off into the Fijian wilderness, like trying Stuck to kill goats or something. I don't know. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that at least you found a couple solutions to this to this deficit, and that it's not you know consistently haunting you for ever. I mean, but it is like you were talking about the blue dot, like on the phone. That's another mm-hmm. thing. Is like uh, Troyzan, uh, bringing it back to Survivor for a second. Uh, mm-hmm came to Los Angeles for the finale of the season I was just on, my third season, Survivor, season 38, Edge of Extinction. If you have an opinion mm-hmm. about it, I don't really want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I mean, whatever. Like, We're not here for this. We're not here for that. Yeah, that's not, it's, that's not the point of this. it's about the fact that I was on a street in Los Angeles with Troy Zan, and he's getting like so mad at me because I'm like, wait, Troy, I'm actually not good at directions. He's like, how bad can you be? I'm like... <laughs> Wait, the arrow, when it says, like, the arrow and the blue dot, is that, like, where you're supposed to go, or is that north? And I think he said, I'm like, is that where I'm going, or is that north? And he was like, that's north. I'm like, no, it's where I'm walking. He's like, no, it's north. I still don't know. And then there's a thing where you can click. I'm looking at it on my phone now. There's, like, the thing on the top right where you can click, like, that little, like, arrow thing. And I'm like, if I click that, does that, like, set north permanently, or what? And he was trying to talk about it, and we're, like, getting in a, like, kind of a sassy back and forth about this but i still don't know if the arrow when you're walking is north or where you're going and then it gives that little glow like a lift gives when they're like your driver will have a purple light like so (laughs) what am i looking at i don't know what i'm looking at when i'm looking at an iphone map and i'm not saying that to be funny like i don't know (laughs) i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure that the preset for the blue arrow, that the, you are the blue dot moving with the arrow. The arrow is the way you're facing. I'm fairly certain. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Really? All right. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Well, the pre. I don't. I don't. I don't know about the when you click it. I think that that, that might set it uh, strictly in one direction. But I think the, the 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 preset for when you just have the arrow going, it, it's just trying to tell you which way you're facing. Yeah. This is very much the blind leading the blind. Yeah, I mean, but for real, I I mean, do you think it's innate? I think it's innate, the sense of direction. It might be. It might be. My dad is a human GPS. Like, my dad is super just quick. He knows exactly where he's going all the time. I just, I got none of that. Yeah, my mom is not. Um <laughs> My mom is not, and so I like to blame it on her. I, I actually, when I was in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, I was just out of college. I really wanted to move to Seattle. I had something in my head I wanted to move there, and I'm a Sagittarius moon. I like to go where I go. Uh, <laughs> well, I live in L.A. I love the astrology. I can. It's all my jam. Um, Sag Janelle's not here. She's, she's hardcore on that stuff. Oh, is she? What's her sign? Uh, okay, I'm gonna be. I she's into it. I'm not. I don't remember any of it. I know that she's July fifteenth was her birthday, so that makes her cancer. a cancer. She's a cancer. 
Cancer. Mm-hmm. What's your when's your birthday? Oh God, uh, my birthday was June first, which makes me Gemini. a two-faced, backstabbing, awful Gemini. Oh, yeah. it's okay. Oh, see the way you're saying that, though. Okay. <laughs> I've been I've been through this a lot, Aubrey. I've been I've I've seen people's physical demeanors change when I mention my birthday. People people take it very seriously. Okay. They do because I'm a Scorpio yeah. Sun, so a Sun sign is like if you think about Freud, it's like your ego. Uh, Your moon sign is like your super ego. I think that's the one where you can't really control. It's like your innate kind of moods. And then your rising sign or your ascendant is uh, what people say. Oh, Oh. no. It it might be the moon. Okay. Let's throw out Freud. Okay. Let's pretend (laughs) that's not happening. Your sun sign is like your ego. I do know that. Your Your moon sign is your kind of inherent mood. It's what you can't really control. And then your rising sign is what people see when they meet you. So it's almost like if you think about going up to someone's front door for the first time, how do they present themselves to the world? And my front door is a Gemini. And Mm -hmm. my sun sign is a Scorpio, which I think after Gemini is the most upon astrological sign in the Zodiac. Yeah, and I, I've even have had an astrology professor, teacher, professor, Aubrey, calm down. This is not Harry Potter land. Astrology is not. Well, you know what? Yeah, I had a professor in astrology because it's real. <laughs> if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> but people are mean to Geminis, real mean to Geminis. Yeah. It's okay. You're just verbal. That's why yeah. you're a communicator and you do this. Don't. <laughs> Let's go with that. Let's, I mean, look, admittedly, I, I, uh, there's, I, <laughs> But what I'm trying to say is um, over the past week or so, I've heard a lot of people blame things on the Mercury being in retrograde. And every time that happens, I'm just like, yeah, let's just blame the planet planets for our bad decisions. (laughs) Like, you know, where's our where's our agency here, people? No, I'm really glad you bring that up, because that's actually my biggest frustration with how astrology has almost become. Speaking of direction, astrology has actually helped me find direction at times. And the fact that people kind of commercialize it and use it as something to like deflect blame or to to deflect agency, like people will kind of say, oh, it's this or it's that without taking kind of the responsibility does bother me in a sense. Because for me, I, I would say when I was younger in like my early 20s, it really helped me realize like, oh, you can have different parts of your personality. You don't have to be just one thing. And it helped me kind of realize that people have different sides, different shades, a shadow and a light to all parts of their personality. Like everything can be good and everything can be bad. There is no black or white. So astrology helped me be a little more introspective. And when people kind of just say, oh, it's because of that it drives me nuts. So mm-hmm. all right. well, I'm glad. How, how has it given you direction when you when you needed that? Astrology? Um, I think I'm somebody who, uh, and I will, I will go back to Survivor. We can talk about that a little bit. Like, I was cast yeah. on Survivor because, I mean, I don't know. I, how do you feel about Survivor on this podcast? How do you navigate that? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I've told Andrea and what I've told Steven is that this is not a Survivor show. That said, to get on Survivor, you have to have something about you that is at least interesting. Uh, and that's why I like talking to people from the show on this podcast. So uh, we, I'm happy to talk about it as long as you're comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I am. I think this in, in this kind of context that you brought up is interesting. Sure. Um, on how did astrology help me? Uh, it helped me kind of understand all parts of my personality. And I would say, uh, having done Survivor, I, I've 
just finished my third season. I played three times in four years. And next week, it's going to be five years since I applied to the show. It's been a wild ride. And my first season, I was cast on a season called Brain, Brawn, Beauty 2, uh, which people often forget the theme of that season because they just call it Koh Rong, uh, which was the location in Cambodia where this season was filmed. And I realized I, I was put on the Brain Tribe on that cast and my role in the context of the show was to be a brain the nerd and i do have that anxious part of my personality it's definitely a part of me it's not all of me and uh that can be a little bit frustrating at times and that's what the lion's share of people see about you the thing i love about astrology is that it does remind me about other parts of my personality like i'm a scorpio sun sign so i'm super intense but i'm also very intuitive. I can be a little bit detail-oriented, some might say obsessive, but then I have the part of me in my rising sign that's a Gemini that's very verbal, very curious. I always want to learn. I I mean, I never will stop learning. Uh, and I, I, Two-Faced, yeah, like at times I can definitely, like especially on Survivor, tell people what they need to hear. Like I was, I was good at that. That's part of the Gemini trait. But then I have this Sagittarian moon, which is this a uh, fire sign that I'm very philosophical and I do care about kind of teaching people and humanity overall. And I always am a little bit of the grass is greener on the other side. Like all all of the planets and all of the universe are kind of in all of us. And I, I, I don't, I think if you try to pigeonhole yourself as one thing or another, I don't think we're always one thing or another. And on Survivor, like, it's a television show. It's 43 minutes, and it's on once a week. Uh, and I understand, like, I was the nerd on the Brains Tribe, but I always had astrology to kind of remind me, like, it's you can be that, but you can be many other things as well. There's my long-winded, like, I love astrology. Don't knock it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, see, that, okay, I have never heard an argument for something I kind of have a grudge against. Uh, that I actually agreed with. That's a very like that's a very good point. Is that what, I mean, even if outside of the context of a TV show, like people probably see us initially in one way, and that's a good way to remind ourselves that we're more than that. That's a really interesting way to look at it that I have not thought of thought of before. Yeah, it's not just planets. I guess astrology can be about being a north star. Uh, maybe that's why I like it so much because I need something to lead me in the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Tell, tell me about that tell me about i mean i know we were we we're, we're, we're laughing about like literal directions and stuff but you mentioned that there was about a 10 month period you were you weren't working like what, what was going on during those times yeah um i had made a very conscious effort so i played survivor the first time i went back to my corporate job um they took me back after the first time I played. And the second time I realized like it wasn't entirely who I was mm -hmm. and I needed to kind of um, figure out what I wanted to do. And after I came back from Survivor the second time, I, I freelanced. To, I tapped more into the creative side of myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that there were a lot of shoulds. I went to like a prep school and an Ivy League school, which I never... I don't think it matters where you really go to school, um, but but I learned some amazing things there. But I realized in myself that when it came to like direction in terms of what I should do career-wise, 
having gone to these East Coast, very achievement-oriented schools, I innately looked for a kind of extrinsic motivation and didn't Mm -hmm. necessarily, I knew what I should do, but didn't necessarily know what it meant to want something um, Mm -hmm. for myself. And I, I think I'm still trying to figure that out. And I first kind of encountered it without really knowing what it was in those 10 months. And um, at the end of those 10 months, I did. I moved from the East Coast, from the Boston area to Los Angeles because I'm a very creative person. And the thing I appreciate about out here is that it, it feels less of a, you need to do this by this age or that by that age. And it's more like creative people trying to find their way in their own way. So kind of in that in that 10 month period you referenced i really had to kind of look in the mirror and realize that if there was going to be a direction i was going to go and a destination i don't think there's a destination anymore i think i always thought there was like there was some like destination i was supposed to get to and to get there i had to like take the biggest job or the go to the best school or take the corporate job And I realized kind of looking in the mirror in those 10 months, like you have to find out what that is in yourself. And I'm still kind of defining that, but kind of moving west, I appreciate it because you can kind of uh, determine like the journey is the reward. It's a little bit less about the destination. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. (laughs) No, I think it makes perfect sense. It's there's more to. There's more to living than just trying to figure out what the end point is. There's a lot of in between there, and yeah, I mean, I've I've had that urge a couple times uh, since I've been in Brooklyn for two years now. You have that you have that little that little uh, itch. There's there's something I can't quite describe it. It's a pang. It's something that's like mm-hmm. like the manifest destiny thing. I think I always <laughs> I did in history. Like I talk about the Oregon Trail and Survivor. That was like. And I was known for my analogies. I definitely went for that one. But I've always been, like, very much like that. What is it about the West for you that you think, ah? Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it's, it's like, California. I I just, like, I get the urge to move, uh, to change, to try something else. Uh, I mean, I left, I lived in Long Island for my entire young life and then went to college in the middle of nowhere in Ohio just because I was like, I need to go do something else and be somewhere else because I cannot do this anymore. And I didn't stick around. You know, I knew I was going to come back to New York, but I knew I had to get to the city somehow. And I, you know, after you get here, you're like, okay, what's next? You know, I, I just went, I just drove through 19 states. And half of me is like, was there anywhere along the way that I could have seen myself stopping for a little longer than two days? You know, it, it's, it's an interesting thing that comes to mind. And um, I don't know. I haven't, I've, my only trips to Los Angeles so far have been, mainly seeing the insides of hotels and TV lots. So uh, I haven't really seen the city as it is, but maybe one day I'll I'll be suckered in like all y'all creatives. Yeah, but it's not even like, that's the thing for me. Like it's not, LA is like a good little waiting room. It's a good little like launching pad. Like I like, I love being on the road. Um, I just drove 13 hours in one day from Telluride, Colorado, back to L.A. after, yeah, for July, for the 4th of July, I visited my sister and her fiancé. They were in Colorado, and I just love seeing other places. I mean, especially when I have a GPS on and it's actually telling me where to go. Um, But, yeah, there's something about that, that journey for me. I don't, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's, 
the moving. I have I have a theory that I love moving so much because internally I'm always thinking. I tend to be somewhat of an anxious person, and that when I'm actually physically on the mood, it's more in line with my internal pace, and that's why I feel more comfortable. That's interesting. I, I thought of it more when I was on the road. It was like I, I'm not allowed to focus on anything else while I'm driving, and it kind of makes the voices have to shut up because I'm focused. You know? Yeah, but but like yeah, that kind of is. I think I might be saying it in a different way. It's like when how you're moving at the same pace as your inner voices, like maybe they're calm because they're keeping up with one another. It's it's just it's interesting. It's something I've I've certainly thought about. But yeah, it's wild. And it goes all the way back to my the days as I referenced when I tried to move to Seattle. And it was interesting because my hometown newspaper, I started out in like wrote for newspapers that's how I started my journalistic career which I'm very proud of uh, I know what a newspaper and a card catalog is <laughs> and the Dewey Decimal System do you know what that is I know what it is I haven't used it <gasps> much since I was maybe an elementary schooler okay but you know like I know what it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay cool like do you know where the like philosophy books like what number they're in uh not off the top of my head no okay that's fine I'm just giving you like neither do I but I want to sound real like the I think they're in the zeros but I, I don't know I'm not sure uh but anyway I don't know where I was going with that but I I when I went to Seattle and I was still writing for the newspaper they let me write a column and and for my hometown newspaper and I pulled it up and one of them was actually about how I had no sense of direction mm. And it was really funny because I guess this really is a genetic thing. I've had an issue for the longest time. So wow. I felt about a bit better. I want to be a pioneer going west, but I don't know where the hell I'm going. <laughs> well, that's that's a fantastic quote. That should go in a yearbook. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, Aubrey, I wanted to ask you, I asked this of everybody who comes on the show. Is there something that maybe after something goes wrong, after you feel a little bit bad about yourself, after any sort of minor or major devastation, um, is there something that you find yourself going back to consistently, a comfort place? It can be anything. It can be a, a movie, a TV show, food, a literal place, a person, any, an activity, anything like that that you find yourself going back to a lot. Uh, astrology and Mad Men. Mad Men. Yeah, I know there's some questionable stories from, like, the way that show was produced, like, what was actually going on to get that thing written. Mm. There's something about that show for me that, I don't know, maybe in a past life I was in the 60s. I'm not entirely sure, but there's, I've always related, especially to the female characters on that show, immensely. Mm -hmm. uh, like, in a way, like, in a... I've probably watched that whole thing like 15 times. Wow. Yeah, have you seen it? I watched the first few episodes and had trouble getting into it. A lot of people feel that way, but yeah. I think once you get into it, you really start to invest there. They seem like to speak, like my ex-boyfriend was like, I hate all these people. They're despicable. <laughs> and I'm like, I understand what you mean, but there's something about watching you get all the bad of people, but then you start to see glimmers of the good. And it's just, in a way, oddly heartwarming and kind of encouraging. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's also like that time of, that time period in history like helps me understand ways in which my parents were maybe raised where the social order was a bit different. 
and I've always considered myself someone with a lot of empathy. And while I highly disagree morally, like with a lot of things, especially in this day and age in this country with some of the conversations we're having, there's a lot of things that I think there's a time to fight and there's a time to state how you feel. But I also think it's valuable to understand that some people aren't terrible people. They just really grew up in a different time where they like sincerely don't know any better. And we have to like find a way to better communicate so that they can understand why we feel the way we do about pushing things that need to be pushed forward forward. I, and maybe it comes back from my newspaper days, but I was always the person who would sit with the old timers in the cafe downtown and listen to the way things were. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, I would get very upset when these people would pass away because I would feel like living history books had died and we lost a part of who we were. I mean, but the way we are is a result of where we've been. I've always believed that. We're programmed a certain way from a very young age, dependent on your birth order, your gender, everything. Like, everything sure. affects you. And I think that, yeah, of course there's a time, like, no, this is wrong. Like, you shouldn't listen to this. Like, these people, like, with who have this particular opinion, like, it's just, it's toxic. It's not good for humanity. But I also think that, like, it's important to understand where people have been. Because I know plenty yeah. of people who have a good heart and a good soul, and they really... They really don't know any better, but I think you have to understand like when someone doesn't know any better and when they're like using that as an excuse. Mm, there's a big sense. difference between wrong and evil. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. It's 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 fascinating. So I'm in, I'm intrigued by empathy because I I listened to a podcast recently that was talking about how detrimental empathy can actually be. Was it Invisibilia? Uh, yes, you heard that one. I heard that episode. It was very interesting. It was was that the one about the uh, I don't I forget the the acronym they used. Gosh, I can't believe I'm uh, in insight in I don't know incel incel incel. Yep, that was fascinating. Anyone that was a should listen to that. Well done episode. Yeah, it was. Well, listen to Invisibilia. It has nothing to do with either of us, but it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like I think that uh, yeah, empathy is one of those things that I think we might need to like kind of start to conceptualize it a bit differently really kind of brought other things up just like i think boundaries is another interesting topic uh for another episode perhaps that we talk about but i think they need to be maybe conceptualized in a different way to be effectively used okay now i'm getting real deep but look where you brought me see this is what happens when you're in charge of someone who has no sense of direction no 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 i think i think this is a this is a perfectly straight timeline Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't seen too much of Mad Men, so I don't know where that puts you when you talk about it, but I can assume it brings you to this kind of place. Yeah, it does. It just makes me think about uh, that the people that I hold dear, many people, and I've always been someone who loves older people, and I'm also in the marketing business, PR marketing, it makes me just like so intrigued about like this is where we were only 50 years ago that's insane mm. like or 60 years ago and just how cool. far things have come absolutely yeah yeah all right well i'll be Bracco. thank you so much for for doing this it really means the world to me oh of course and i love that you're doing this it's the only way we get stronger is by being open about our vulnerabilities i'm always all about that <laughs> 
All right. Be sure to follow Aubrey on Instagram and Twitter at Aubrey Bracco and check out AubreyBracco.com to check out what she's working on. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review rating on iTunes. It helps word about the show spread across the globe like an international mysterious flight. Oh, they get dumber and worse every single time. God. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to easily download new episodes. I'm Trying is hosted, edited, produced, and scored by Janelle Dennis and me, Jacob Derwin. Our cover art was created by the fabulous Sammy Kappa. See more of her work at SammyKappa.com. That's S-A-M-I-C-A-P-P-A.com. And you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at I'm Trying Show. And if you want, you can follow us individually at Janelle Dennis and at Jacob Derwin. If you've screwed up or embarrassed yourself and you're looking for help. Or pity. Reach out to us on Twitter or email at I'm Trying Show at gmail.com and our team of crisis experts. It's us. Are more than happy to assist you. Well, reason happy. Thank you so much for listening, and in the words of gorillas, up on Melancholy Hill sits a manatee just looking out on the day. <laughs> <laughs>